are entering into this most solemn and blessed liturgy, the Easter Vigil, and there's four major movements to the Easter Vigil. The first begins with fire, the Easter candle, and the baptismal candles that we hold. The second is the major part of the vigil, which is the liturgy of the Word, an extended liturgy of the Word, hearing many readings from salvation history, both Old Testament and New. Uh, the third movement is actually the bringing in members of uh, the church by baptism and confirmation into full communion with the Roman Catholic Church, fully initiation. And then the fourth movement is the movement of the celebration of the Eucharist that we're all very familiar with, but of course we know that there'll be a couple of people making their first communion tonight. And so it, it recalls for us our, a communion we share in Christ Jesus in the Eucharist. But we are beginning outside. So grab your jackets and personal belongings. Uh, you guys will all come back and end up in the same pews where you are right now, but we're going to go down the center aisle, me and all the ministers, followed by the RCIA. Please follow us outside to where the fire is, and you can gather all over the patio area of the church. We gather in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Sisters and brothers, we celebrate this third celebration of the Triduum, these three days that have unfolded for us and unfold for us. Christ Jesus and the mystery of who we are as disciples and God's people. On this most holy night, when our Lord Jesus Christ passed from death to life, the church invites all of us, her beloved children, and all of us throughout the world to come together in vigil and in prayer. If we honor the memory of his death and resurrection by hearing his word and celebrating his mysteries, then we are confident that we shall share his victory over death and live with him forever. Let us pray. God, who through your Son bestowed upon the faithful the fire of your glory, sanctify this new fire, we pray. Grant that by these Paschal celebrations, we would be so inflamed with heavenly desires. There is the blessing of the Easter candle. Zuh. <laughs> Plural. Because not only are we using an Easter candle here, but of course there will also be one blessed and used at St. Adelbert Church, the two churches in our community, Mary Queen of Peace. And as we bless the, uh, pastor, the Paschal candles, we bless them with the sign of the cross. We bless them with the Alpha and the Omega. We bless them with five 
incense sticks representing the five places or the wounds of Christ. And we bless them actually with the date, the year 2022. Jesus Christ, yesterday, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, all time belong and all ages, power and forever. And by these five incense stones and sticks, by his glorious wounds, may Christ the Lord guard us and protect us. And all of this we ask through Christ our Lord. And now the Easter candles are lit from the fire. May Christ, the, the Lord of all light, rising in glory, dispel the darkness of our hearts and minds through Christ our Man, I'm going to ask you to part. The Easter candles are going to go into the center. Start making your way into the church and back to your pews. Christ be our light. Thanks be to God. Christ be our light. Thanks be to God. Christ be our light. Thanks be to God. Exalt, let them exalt the host of heaven. Exalt, let angels, angels, ministers of God exalt. Let the trumpet of salvation sound aloud our mighty King's triumph. Be glad, let earth be glad, as glory floods her, ablaze with the light from her eternal King, let all corners of the earth be glad, knowing an end to gloom and darkness. Rejoice, let Mother Church also rejoice, Arrayed with lightning of his glory, let this holy building shake with joy, filled with the mighty voices of the peoples. 
The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. truly right and just with ardent love of mind and heart and with devoted service of our voice to acclaim our God invisible the Almighty Father and Jesus Christ our Lord his Son his only begotten who for our sake paid Adam's death to the eternal Father, and pouring out his own dear blood, wipe clean the record of our ancient sinfulness. These then are the feast of Passover, in which is slain the Lamb, the one true Lamb whose blood anoints the doorpost of believers. This is the night when once you led our forebears, Israel's children, from slavery in Egypt and made them pass dry shod through the Red Sea. This is the night that with a pillar of flour banished the darkness of sin. This is the night that even now throughout the world sets Christian believers apart from worldly vices and from the gloom of sin leading them to grace and joining them to his holy ones. This is the night when Christ broke the prison bars of death and rose victorious from the underworld. Oh, wonder of your humble care for us. Oh, love, oh, charity beyond all telling. To ransom a slave, you gave away your son. Oh, truly necessary sin of Adam, destroyed completely by the death of Christ. Oh, happy fault that earned so great, so glorious a Redeemer. The sanctifying power of this night dispels wickedness, washes faults away, restores innocent to the fallen, and joy to mourners. Oh, truly blessed night, 
when things of heaven are wed to those of earth and divine to the human. On this, your night of grace, O Holy Father, accept this candle, a solemn offering, the work of bees and of your servants' hands, an evening sacrifice of praise, this gift from your most holy church. Therefore, O Lord, we pray you that this candle, hallowed to the honor of your name, may persevere undimmed to overcome the darkness of this night. Receive it as a pleasing fragrance and let it mingle with the lights of heaven. May this flame be found still burning by the morning star, the one morning star who never sets. Christ your Son, who's coming back from death's domain, had shed his peaceful light on humanity and lives and reigns forever and ever. extinguish your candles, hold them for a few moments, right, so the wax doesn't go everywhere, keep our cleaning people happy. Um, in just a few moments, we're going to be seated, and we're entering into the second movement, which is the Liturgy of the Word. Um, let me invite you to please be seated right now. The second movement, the Liturgy of the Word, again, is the real body of the vigil. And there's the possibility of doing seven Old Testament readings tonight. We're actually only going to be doing three of those Old Testament readings. Then we'll move into the Gloria and Epistle and the Gospel of Resurrection is proclaimed. Uh, the, the movement is long. The readings are long. After each reading, there's a sung responsorial psalm, and then we stand for a prayer, and then we're seated again. Long reading, responsorial psalm, stand for a prayer. And so it is vigil. Please make yourselves comfortable. We're going to be here for a while. If you brought a beverage of some sort, you're welcome, you know, water, there's fountains in the back, restrooms in the back. If you need to stand up, stand in the side aisle, stand in the back, whatever's necessary or needed. But please just make yourselves comfortable as we hear these stories, these passages of God's saving of God's people from Old Testament Hebrew scriptures to the New Testament, our Christian scriptures. A reading from the book of Genesis. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless wasteland, and darkness covered the abyss, while a mighty wind swept over the waters. Then God said, 
let there be light, and there was light. God saw how good the light was. God then separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. Thus evening came, and morning followed, the first day. Then God said, let there be a dome in the middle of the waters to separate one body of water from the other. And so it happened. God made the dome, and it separated the water above the dome from the water below it. God called the dome the sky. Evening came and morning followed, the second day. Then God said, let the water under the sky be gathered into a single basin so that the dry land may appear. And so it happened. The water under the sky was gathered into its basin and the dry land appeared. God called the dry land the earth and the basin of the water he called the sea. God saw how good it was. Then God said, let the earth bring forth vegetation, every kind of plant that bears seed and every kind of fruit tree on earth that bears fruit with its seed in it. And so it happened. The earth brought forth every kind of plant that bears seed and every kind of fruit tree on earth that bears fruit with its seed in it. God saw how good it was. Evening came and morning followed, the third day. Then God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate day from night. Let them mark the fixed times, the days and the years, and serve as luminaries in the dome of the sky to shed light upon the earth. And so it happened. God made the two great lights, the greater one to govern the day and the lesser one to govern the night, and he made the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to shed light upon the earth, to govern the day and the night and to separate the light from the darkness. God saw how good it was. Evening came and morning followed the fourth day. Then God said, let the water teem with an abundance of living creatures and on the earth let birds fly beneath the dome of the sky. And so it happened. God created the great sea monsters and all kinds of swimming creatures with which the water teems and all kinds of winged birds. God saw how good it was and God blessed them saying, be fertile, multiply and fill the water of the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. Evening came and morning followed the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth all kind of living creatures, cattle, creeping things, and wild animals of all kinds. And so it happened. 
God made all kinds of wild animals, all kinds of cattle, and all kinds of creeping things of the earth. God saw how good it was. Then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and the cattle, and over all the wild animals and all the creatures that crawl on the ground. God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, saying, be fertile and multiply, Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and all the living things that move on the earth. God also said, See, I give you every seed-bearing plant all over the earth, and every tree that has seed-bearing fruit on it to be your food. And to all the animals of the land, all the birds of the air, and all the living creatures that crawl on the ground, I give all the green plants for food. And so it happened. God looked at everything he had made, and he found it very good. Evening came, and morning followed, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth and all their array were completed. Since on the seventh day, God was finished with the work he was doing, he rested on the seventh day from all the work he had undertaken. The word of the Lord. Thanks. Thanks be to God.
Let us please stand and let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, who are wonderfully at work in the ordering of all things, may those you have redeemed understand that there exists nothing more marvelous than the world's creation in the beginning, except that at the end of the ages, Christ, our Passover, has been sacrificed, for he lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. A reading from the book of Exodus. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to go forward, and you lift up your staff, and with hand outstretched over the sea, split the sea in two, that the Israelites may pass through it on dry land. But I will make the Egyptians so obstinate that they will go in after them. Then I will receive glory through Pharaoh and all his army, his chariots and charioteers. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I receive glory through Pharaoh and his chariots and charioteers. The angel of God, who had been leading Israel's camp, now moved and went around behind them. The column of cloud also, leaving the front, took up its place behind them, so that it came between the camp of the Egyptians and that of Israel. But the cloud now became dark, and thus the night passed without the rival camps coming any closer together all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept the sea with a strong east wind throughout the night, and so turned it into dry land. When the water was thus divided, the Israelites marched into the midst of the sea on dry land, with the water like a wall to their right and to their left. The Egyptians followed in pursuit all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and charioteers went in after them, right into the midst of the sea. In the night watch, just before dawn, the Lord cast through the column of the fiery cloud upon the Egyptian force a glance that threw it into a panic, and he so clogged their chariot wheels that they could hardly drive. With that, the Egyptians sounded the retreat before Israel, because the Lord was fighting for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord told Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the water may flow back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and their charioteers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and at dawn the sea flowed back to its normal depth. The Egyptians were fleeing head on toward the sea when the Lord hurled them into its mist. As the water flowed back, it covered the chariots and the charioteers of Pharaoh's whole army, which had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not a single one of them escaped. But the Israelites had marched on dry land through the midst of the sea, with the water like a wall on their right and to their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel on that day from the power of the Egyptians. When Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the seashore and beheld the great power that the Lord had shown against the Egyptians, 
they feared the Lord and believed in him and in his servant Moses. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is gloriously triumphant. Horse and chariot he has cast into the sea. The word of the Lord. Let us stand and let us pray. O God, whose ancient wonders remain undimmed in the splendor of even our day, for what you once bestowed on a single people, freeing them from Pharaoh's persecution by the power of your right hand, now you bring about as salvation for all the nations through the waters of rebirth. Grant, we pray, that the whole world may become children of Abraham and inherit the dignity of Israel's birthright. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, all you who are thirsty, come to the water. 
You who have no money, come, receive grain and eat. Come without paying and without cost, drink wine and milk. Why spend your money for what is not bread, your wages for what fails to satisfy? Heed me, and you shall eat well, you shall delight in rich fare. Come to me heedfully, listen, that you may have life. I will renew with you the everlasting covenant, the benefits assured to David, as I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander of nations, so shall you summon a nation you knew not, and nations that knew you not shall run to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, who has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call him while he is near. Let the scoundrel forsake his way and the wicked man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord for mercy, to our God, who is generous in forgiving. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts above your thoughts. For just as from the heavens the rain and snow come down and do not return there till they have watered the earth, making it fertile and fruitful, giving seed to the one who sows, and bread to the one who eats. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. My word shall not return to me void, but shall do my will, achieving the end for which I sent it. The word of the Lord.
Let us stand and let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, sole hope of the world, who by the preaching of the prophets unveiled the mysteries of this present age, graciously increase the longing of your people. For only at the prompting of your grace do the faithful progress in virtue. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Please remain standing. Let us pray. God, who make this most sacred night radiant with the glory of the Lord's resurrection, stir in your church a spirit of adoption, so that renewed in body and in mind, we may render you undivided service 
Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, are you unaware that we who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were indeed buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might live in newness of life. For if we have grown into union with him through a death like his, we shall also be united with him in the resurrection. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that our sinful body might be done away with, that we might no longer be in slavery to sin. For a dead person has been absolved from sin. If then we have died with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him. We know that Christ, raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has power over him. As to his death, he died to sin once and for all. As to his life, he lives for God. Consequently, you too must think of yourselves as being dead to sin and living for God in Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord.
The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended up from heaven, approached, rolled back the stone, and sat upon it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. The guards were shaken with fear of him and became like dead men. Then the angel said to the women in reply, do not be afraid. I know that you are seeking Jesus, the crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has been raised from the dead, and he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Then they went away quickly from the tomb, fearful yet overjoyed, and ran to announce this to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them on their way and greeted them. They approached, embraced his feet, and did his homage. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. The Gospel of the Lord. Since I haven't had the opportunity yet, I want to uh, offer a special word of welcome to those who are joining us uh, via the live stream uh, this evening or later on as the weeks and time unfolds. Also want to extend a special welcome to uh, the families and friends of those who are going to be entering into the full rites of initiation here. Um, in just a few moments after my very long and arduous homily, longer than the first reading. Um, And thirdly, I'd like to extend a warm welcome to all of those who are celebrating this as an anniversary. It's, uh, I I always like to see on the Easter vigil, those who gather back, those who've entered into the church, it's usually a time of of really renewal. And of course, it's not just an anniversary and a renewal for you, as in a few moments, we're going to witness uh, both young adults and and some, some teenagers entering into, teenagers, right? No, not yet. Some young folk, right, entering into the church fully. Um, It's also a renewal for us, right? Those of us who've uh, who've been baptized, those of us who've who've made our communion, those of us who've, who've, who've been confirmed in the Spirit of God, and those of us who are trying to live this discipleship, however long that has been, whether that's been for a short period of time or that's been 95 years, right? So, so those of us are reminded of who we are in this celebration on, on this sacred and, and, and Easter night as well. So special welcome to all of you. 
Someone sent me a uh, cartoon this past week, and it was a cartoon of the Last Supper. And it was a cartoon modeled off of that famous, ever so famous, painting by Leonardo da Vinci, right? And in Leonardo da Vinci's painting of the Last Supper, uh, it, Jesus has just said, someone's going to betray me. And, that's the, and it's seen on the faces and on the expressions and body positions of, of the disciples, right? The 12 disciples that are gathered around. And so one of you would betray me. One of them was like, one of them was like this, you know? And I was like, you know, they're like, maybe it's him, you know? It's like, and so, they're, so that cartoon is, is that as well. But this one had the caption, one of you is about to betray me, and four of you are going to get book deals. By the way, it took me about 10 seconds for me to understood that meant gospel writers, right? I'm like. <laughs> I want to talk about those four book deals here for just a moment, OK? One of the, the tragic things that oftentimes the Christian people do, and certainly Catholic Christians as well, is we look upon the gospels as if they are historical books. And the Gospels, and actually all of Scripture, are not necessarily historically written accounts of what happened during that time and that period. They were never meant to be necessary, specifically historical books. And so the Gospels, the four Gospels and the four Gospel writers, which, by the way, might not be just four people, but probably was actually more than that, is uh, they are written by a community and for a community that is living in an experience of Christ who is risen from the dead. And certainly, the gospel writers are looking back at what they had experienced, what others and other witnesses had experienced as they knew and walked with the historical Jesus. But they're coming out of communities decades after Jesus died and rose, and they experienced him within the life of the community. And so the Gospels, you can say, are partially the historical Jesus and definitely the risen Jesus. It's probably more the risen Jesus and the reflection upon the historical Jesus in the experience of the risen one more so than even historic. They're not trying to document the, the specific historical context from which Jesus lived. They're talking about how Jesus not just lived, but how he lives present tense in the life and the dynamic, in the experience, in the Eucharist, in the teachings, in the struggles, in the challenges, and in the community of God's people. That's how the Gospels were written. They were from a community and for a community living in the present experience of the resurrected Christ. What happens, and why, in many ways, by the way, one of the reasons why we know that 
that the Gospels are divinely inspired is because all of the disciples and particularly the apostles themselves are far from perfect. Like if you were, okay, if you were one of those four people who got that book deal, right? And you were writing about yourself, right? Wouldn't you say, Jesus said this, and you're like, Jesus, I've got it, right? And I'm, I'm, now I know, and now I know my mission. But we know, as we've been walking through this year, the Gospel of Luke, we know that sometimes they are less than astute, right? They don't quite get it right away. As a matter of fact, Sometimes it seems like they never quite get it. So we know the Gospels are divinely inspired because why would someone write about oneself in such, uh, you know, an obtuse way, <laughs> right? Why would they do that? But they do. And, and so as we hear the Gospels, there is this unfolding that happens in the understanding of the life of disciples about who Jesus is and what following Jesus is all about and what they're called to be. And it is a slow, steady unfolding. And so it is also with the resurrection. We hear proclaimed today and on the Easter Sunday morning, we hear about the account of after Jesus died and he was placed in a tomb, women and disciples go and find that tomb empty. And it's fascinating that the resurrection stories, the tomb story, the stories of two disciples walking to Emmaus, the, the experience of Jesus uh, by the sea when he has fish and bread, all the stories have certain elements to that that are less than certain. Less than certain about this most central teaching of who we are as Christian people, this, of what our whole Christianity is built upon, the resurrection. And so the resurrection accounts have uh, uncertainty, fear. We heard it in today's gospel, right? Do not be afraid, said the people dressed in white, the angels there, right? It, it had, uh, they didn't recognize him, right? whether it was walking to the, you know, the, the, to the road to Emmaus or the Sea of Tiberias, you know, they didn't realize it was the Lord right away. And so, and so the resurrection accounts have this uncertainty to them, and they're the foundation of who we are. Because even in the resurrection, like discipleship, it's a slow, steady unfolding of his life, his transformative power with us, you and I. Not just historical accounts, or not primarily historical accounts, but accounts of what Jesus and his encounter was like within the midst of a community of people both then and the community of people now. The resurrected presence of Christ is not history. It is ever-present in your life and in mine. You may say to yourself, this was the, the worst Lent that I've ever experienced, right? <laughs> you know, I didn't do, I ate meat last Friday, you know. I didn't pray 
the way I said I was going to. Uh, you know, I didn't do that fasting prayer almsgiving as well as I should have. I didn't take the time like I wanted to. I have still been miserable with everybody I love, right? This has been the worst Lent ever. But I bet if you look at your life over these last 40 days, you can identify some points where you have been and have been becoming changed and transformed for the better. And sometimes those are unexpected ways, uncertain ways, sometimes challenging ways, like the loss of a dear family member or loved one and the struggle that is and yet you're still here participating with us. Like a great transition in your life, a movement from one thing to the next, a job, a community, a, a house, right? It, it, it may have happened in the confusion and struggle and challenging conversation of a primary relationship in your life. Uh, it may have happened as we witness the, the continued struggle of what's happening in the, the invasion of Ukraine right now and the news, there, 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 there is something that has happened in you and continues to happen in you that is slow and steady transformation in the encounter of the Spirit of God and of the risen Christ not past, present in your life and mine, my community and yours. I'm going to give a couple examples of the risen Christ in his slow, steady transformation in the lives of disciples that might be kind of local and global here. Just a couple examples. First of all, let me talk about those of you who are going to come into the church, okay? those who are coming in fully into the initiation of the church. We know that in many respects, the church is declining. Let's be honest, right? I mean, look, look at our parish community. Um, uh, certainly, you know, after the pandemic, our, our, our attendance is still not where it was before that. We know we've been in this process of consolidating and mergers and now a new parish, Mary Queen of Peace. We've had to, well, there's been multiple church buildings closed, right? And so we know there is struggle and difficulty, and we know there's some sense of decline that's happening in our Christian faith, major mainline Christian churches, and Catholic church as well, and here in our city community. And yet, here you are, <laughs> Right? saying, I want to be fully a part of this. You who are young adults and young men, right? Uh, you, you, embracing this and knowing that the Lord is somehow stirring within you and that this is significant and important, not just for you, but for us as we experience you. The Lord in his resurrection, right here and right now, is slowly and steadily transforming. And brothers and sisters who are going to be joining us fully, it's really just the beginning. Another example. 
you, you don't, many of we, us don't realize because it was way below the ecclesial radar as well as the media radar, but Pope Francis about a month ago did something incredibly radical in leadership in the church. It actually happened on the 19th of March, which is St. Joseph Day, right? And, and what he did is after years of being a pope and planning and, re, and thinking about and consulting, he reorganized the major departments of the Vatican. He reorganized them. And again, it had been long time coming, lots of consultation, and it's going to stir up a lot as it goes on, right? It's not really started to be implemented yet. But what he did is, and, and, and there's like 15, I'm not a very good Vatican study person, but there's multiple departments, like 15 departments in the Vatican, right? And what has happened over years, decades, and centuries is almost every one of those departments has been headed by first a cardinal and then a bishop. In this new implementation and reorganization, Pope Francis has changed that to where any faithful lay man or woman could head one of those departments. Do you know how radical that is? It's taken a long time. Slow, steady, transformation of the spirit and the risen one. Another thing he did in that reorganization, by the way, and this is fascinating stuff, I don't want to get off into too much, but so, so the first and head, the top office has been the congregation for the doctrine of the faith, which is really about what is our doctrine and our orthodoxy and what is right teaching and, and law and dogma, right? That has been the first office. That's not the first office anymore. The first office is now called the Office of Evangelization. Sharing the gospel good news message that Christ has died, Christ has risen, he will come again and is alive and present in the life of the church and the people and disciples. That's now the top office. And then the doctrine is the second fascinating, radical, slow, steady transformation. One more. Remember, this is a vigil. I'm supposed to speak for like an hour or something like that, right? One, one, one more, one more. I promise. Two more minutes. The synod and synodality. And for those of you who don't know anything about that, I guess I have to give brief explanation. So uh, synods are, are, have been uh, every several years where a group of bishops gathers together reflecting, reflecting upon a particular subject, and oftentimes they release some sort of a letter or pastoral letter or teaching after that about that particular subject. So over this past year, past six months, and moving into 2013, there's a new synod that's been called by the bishop, by, excuse me, the, the pope and the Vatican, and it's a synod on synodality. And I know you should never use a word in a definition, and they do that. And basically what that means is how is the church journeying with one another? But there, the, the, uh, the movement of it has not been just a gathering of bishops in 2023. 
basically what was supposed to happen in every diocese, in every parish, groups of people were supposed to gather together, share their experience of church and what it has been like to journey together in church. Everybody was supposed to listen to one another and listen to the Spirit of God and where God might be calling us and moving us. And brothers and sisters, it was fascinating. There was uh, almost 150 people from our, our, our parish here, Mary Queen of Peace. There was like 10 to 12 different sessions of gathering, different groups, uh, young folks, the, the, the young adults, the, the deaf community, and then just you know, general groups and gatherings. Some of the things that came out of that synod and some of the themes that came out of that synod were uh, beautiful, challenging, and profound. Um, how everyone wants to feel welcome in an unjudgmental way, no matter who we are, saints or sinners, no matter our gender orientation, particularly the need to be welcoming women within the structures of the church, right? Uh, came out of the, the, the synod. Um, the, 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 how everybody felt like they were, were, were experiencing their own voice and sharing their own voice. And that was being heard and listened to in, within the community. And that the community, there's this slow movement. It's taken years. But there's this slow movement starting to happen where Every single person in the church is realizing that it's not just about people like me, that it's really about us, the body of Christ. It's, it's slow, but it's the movement of the Spirit, and it's happening. And it was coming out clearly in those synod sessions. The slow, steady transformation of the resurrected Christ that is present in our midst and in the midst of the body of Christ, the people of God. And, and, and no, we're not perfect. And no, will we ever be. And, and, and yet, here we are as God's people, God's disciples. As in many ways, you and I are called Please don't think this is sacrilegious. But we're writing scripture by our lives. We're sharing the gospel message, the presence of the risen one, dialoguing our present life and who we are with those scriptures that were written in that first century. Um, uh, you know, we're dialoguing with that. The risen Christ is as present now as he was when those folks were looking back at the historical Jesus and making those writings. And it's not happening all at once. But slowly and steadily, the risen one is transforming you and I individually and the church because he is risen, risen indeed. Alleluia. We now move to the 
third major movement of our liturgy today, and that is the rites of initiation. It starts out with the celebration of calling upon the litany of saints and the blessing of the baptismal waters, and then continues with the sacraments of initiation. Uh, candidates, elect, and sponsors, I invite you to please come forward at this time along the bottom step facing the altar. I would like to invite all of you to please stand as you are able. Beloved, with one heart and one soul, let us by our prayers join with the community of saints and the communion of saints.
Almighty and ever-living God, be present by the mystery of your great love and send forth the spirit of adoption to create a new people brought to birth for you in the font of baptism and in the oil of confirmation so that those may carry out in humble service and fulfillment the mighty power that you send to be within them through Christ our Lord. Amen. If you can please remain standing for the blessing of holy or the baptismal waters, the power of water and baptismal water. Lord God, who with invisible power accomplish a, with wonderful effects the sacramental signs and in many ways have prepared water, your creation, to show forth the grace of baptism. O God, whose spirit in the first moments of the world created and hovered over the waters so that the very substance of water would even then take into itself the power to sanctify. God, by the power and outpouring of the flood, you foreshadowed regeneration so that from the mystery of one and the same elements of water would come an end to vice and a beginning of virtue. God, who caused the children of Abraham to pass dryshod through the Red Sea, and so the chosen people set free from slavery to Pharaoh, would prefigure the people of baptism. O God, whose son, baptized by John in the waters of the Jordan, was anointed with the Holy Spirit and as he hung upon the cross, gave forth water from his side along with blood, and after the resurrection commanded his disciples, go forth and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Look now, we pray, upon the face of your church and graciously unseal the font of baptism. May this water receive by the Holy Spirit the grace of your only begotten Son, so that the human race created in your image and washed clean through the sacrament of baptism of the squalor of old life may be found worthy to rise to the life of newborn children through water and the Spirit. May the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, we pray, come down through your Son into the fullness of this font so that all who have been buried with Christ by baptism into death may rise to life with him, for he lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Can we say amen? Amen. Okay, I would like all of you to please be seated. I'd like to invite forward Samantha and Colin, and then the other RCAA electing candidates can be seated, please. Just, uh, just uh, some slight differences here. Um, we have two uh, kind of candidates or catechumens. Uh, the, they're actually considered the elect right now, the two that are standing before you. Um, they have not 
uh, had any of the sacraments of initiation. And so uh, Colin and Samantha will be receiving baptism, uh, first Eucharist, and confirmation today. We also have three other uh, candidates who are actually, who've been baptized and will be receiving First Communion and Confirmation. And so they'll be coming into the fullness of the life of the church as well, but uh, already have started the initiation process. And so Samantha and Colin, for the first time, profess our faith. Colin, Samantha, do you renounce sin so as to live in the freedom of the children of God? I do. Do you renounce the lure of evil so that sin may have no mastery over you? I do. Do you renounce Satan, the author and prince of all sin? I do. Do you believe in God, the Father, the Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son, our Lord, who was born of the Virgin Mary, crucified, died, was buried, rose from the dead, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father? I do. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting? At the conclusion of the Trinitarian formula, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, do you know your part? Amen. Amen. Samantha, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Colin, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The baptismal garments. Samantha and Colin, you have become a new creation, and you have clothed yourself in Christ. Receive these baptismal garments and bring them unstained, the dignity that you have received, unstained to the judgment seat of our Lord Jesus Christ, so that you may have everlasting life. And let the church say amen. Amen. Now, you didn't realize this, but these were probably the only two in the church during the first movement that didn't have candles in their hands. Now they receive baptismal candles. Samantha and Colin, receive the light of Christ. You have been enlightened by Christ. May you always walk as children of the light and keep the flame of faith alive in your hearts. When the Lord comes, may you go out to meet him with all the saints in the heavenly kingdom. And this we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay. Now that they have been baptized we recall our own baptism. I'm going to invite the RCIA members to come forward with your candles, please. We're going to spread the light once again. 
and Samantha and Colin, can you also help spread the light? Can all of you please stand as you are able? And so on this night of renewal, where we trust the slow and steady work of the Spirit and the risen one among us, we renew our baptismal promises when we rejected Satan and his works and promises and promised to serve God faithfully within the Holy Church. And so I ask you to please respond, I do. <clears throat> do you renounce sin so as to live in the freedom of God's children? I do. Do you renounce the lure of evil so that sin may have no mastery over you? I do. Do you renounce Satan, the author and prince of sin? Do you believe in God, the Father, the Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was born of the Virgin Mary, crucified, died, buried, rose from the dead, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father? I do. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the forgiveness of sins, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting? This is our faith, the faith of the church. We are proud to profess it through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen.
God, the all-powerful Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, gives us new birth in water and the Spirit and has forgiven our sins. May he keep us faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ forever and ever. You may extinguish your candles. Hold them for several seconds. And you can please be seated. Again, uh, these three young men, (laughs) Hunter, Ben, and Gavin, have actually already received baptism and now have completed full formation. Well, not full formation, but formation to be fully initiated into the church. And so Ben and Gavin and Hunter, of your own free will, you've asked to be received into full communion of the Catholic Church. You've made these decisions after careful thought, careful preparation by RCIA and RCIC teams and under the guidance of family and friends and the Holy Spirit and the community, we now invite you in the presence of us, the community here of Mary, Queen of Peace, to profess your Catholic faith. In this faith, you will be one with us for the first time at the Eucharistic table of the Lord Jesus Christ as the sign of the church's unity. And so... Ben, Gavin, Hunter, do you believe and profess all that the Holy Catholic Church believes, teaches, and proclaims to be revealed by God? I do. I do. I do. Ben, Gavin, and Hunter, the Lord receives you into the church in his loving kindness. He has led you here so that in the unity of the Holy Spirit, you may have the fullness of communion with us in the faith that you have professed. Welcome. Now we move to the completion of initiation, which is the celebration of confirmation. Ben, Gavin, Hunter, Samantha, Colin, candidates now for confirmation and completion of your initiation. You know that by baptism, you have been born again in Christ. You've become members of Christ's body and members of his priestly people. Now you share in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit among us, the Spirit sent by the Lord upon the apostles at Pentecost, given by them and their successors to the baptized. The promised strength of the Holy Spirit, which you are to receive, will make you more like Christ and help you to be his witnesses to both his suffering, death, and resurrection in your own lives." He will strengthen you for this, and he will hold you in building up his body as he builds you up in faith and in love. Dear Christian people, dear community of Mary, Queen of Peace and beyond, we pray to God our Father that he will pour out his Holy Spirit on these candidates for confirmation. Strengthen them with his gifts and anoint them to be more like Christ, the Son of God, 
can I invite all of you in the community to please raise a hand with a palm facing forward. I'm gonna ask that the sponsors put your right hand on the right shoulder of the candidate. First of all, let's just pour out our love, our prayer, our asking the Spirit upon them in a few moments of silence. All-powerful Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, by water and the Spirit, you have freed your sons and daughters from sin and given them new life. Send your Holy Spirit upon them to be their helper and their guide. Give them the spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of right judgment and courage, a spirit of reverence, Fill them with the spirit of wonder and awe in your presence. And this we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.
fully initiated Catholic Christians, I now invite you to take your proper place among the community of the disciples and the believers in this world. major movement, and that is the celebration of the liturgy of the Eucharist. <laughs> we forgot the intercessions. <laughs> Before we move to the liturgy of the Eucharist, let's please stand. <laughs> Trusting the risen one among us, Trusting the solidarity that Christ has with us as he stands with us and we stand with one another. We stand in solidarity in our prayer that we pour out for each other and for the world. Our response this evening is Christ is risen, alleluia. That the news of Christ's victory over death reaches the hearts of all people, we pray. Christ, Christ is, is risen. risen, alleluia. For an end to all violence, especially the war in Ukraine, and for all who suffer from the wounds of war all over the world, we pray. Christ, Christ is risen, alleluia. That divisions among Christians may be healed, uniting us all as one in the body of Christ, we pray. Christ, Christ is risen, alleluia for the grace to extend compassion and love to those who are most in need, we pray. Christ is risen, alleluia. For all those in our prayer request list in the bulletin, that their pain and suffering be eased by our prayers, we pray. Christ is risen, alleluia. We go forth for the courage to confront racism and all that separates the body of Christ, we pray. Christ is risen, alleluia. For all those who have died in our parish community, may they be welcomed into God's kingdom, we pray. Christ is risen, alleluia. And we remember today all the parishioners of Mary, Queen of Peace, and all the intentions present on the altar, along with those we hold in the silence of our hearts, we pray. Christ is risen, alleluia and calling on the loving intercession of our patron and mother, we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, Queen of Peace, pray for us. You may please be seated as the offertory procession and the gifts are brought forward, blessed, broken, and shared. 
Our song for the presentation is number 525, The Strife Is O'er. So pray, sisters and brothers, my sacrifice and yours will be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord, Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and of all his holy church. Accept, Lord, we pray, the prayers of your people with sacrificial offerings that what has begun in Paschal mysteries 
may by the working of your power bring us healing for all eternity. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to acclaim you, our Lord but on this night above all to laud you more gloriously when Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. For he is the true Lamb who has taken away the sins of the world. By dying he has destroyed our death and by rising has restored our life. Therefore, Overcome with the Paschal mystery, every land, every people, exalt in your praise. And even now, join the heavenly powers and angelic host as we sing together the unending hymn of your glory. holy to be glorified, O God, for you love the human race. You always walk with us this journey of life. Blessed indeed is your Son present in our midst when we are gathered by his love. And as he once did for his disciples, and so now for us, opens the scriptures and breaks the bread. Therefore, Father most merciful, send forth your Holy Spirit, sanctify these gifts of bread and wine, that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. On the day he was to suffer, on the night of the Last Supper, he took bread, he said the blessing, he broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, again gave you thanks, gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the chalice of my blood, 
the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith Therefore, Holy Father, we celebrate the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Savior, whom you led through his passion and death on the cross to the glory of the resurrection and whom you've seated at your right hand. We proclaim the work of your love until he comes again. We offer you the bread of life, the chalice of blessing. Look with favor on this oblation of your church, which we show forth the paschal sacrifice of Christ that has been handed on to us. By the power of the spirit of your love, may we be counted now and until the day of eternity among the members of your Son in whose body and blood we have communion. Lord, renew your church, which is in Mary, Queen of Peace, Parish, our diocese of Pittsburgh, our country, and our world. Renew it by the light of the gospel. Strengthen the bonds of unity between the faithful and the pastors of the people, together with Francis, our Pope, David, our Bishop, your people may stand in a world torn by strife to shine forth as a prophetic sign of unity and concord. Remember all of our sisters and brothers who have fallen asleep in the peace of your Christ, all the dead whose faith you alone know, admit them to rejoice in the light of your face, and in the resurrection give them fullness of life. And grant also to us, when our earthly pilgrimage is done, that we will come to the eternal dwelling place to live with you forever in communion with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, the apostles, the martyrs, with all your saints, we shall praise and exalt you through Jesus Christ, your Son. Through him and with him and in him, O God, almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, from all evil. Graciously grant peace in our day, that by the help of your mercy, we may be free from sin, safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope, the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For, For the, the kingdom, kingdom and the power and the glory are yours now and Said to your apostles and to us, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sin, but the faith of your church. Grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will. For you live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other a sign of Once again, please recall that we have uh, two, actually five people who are receiving communion for the first time. And if you can recall your first communion, however long ago or far back that was, think about the ways that the Eucharist has sustained you throughout this time in these years. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter in my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. For those who are praying with us virtually via the live stream, an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are in the blessed sacrament I love you above all things, and I long for you in my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart, as though you have already come. I embrace you and unite myself entirely to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen.
song for communion is number 519, Christ Be Our Light.
So I just want to say a word of gratitude, uh, first of all, to those who have now become fully initiated members of our community and our Roman Catholic faith. Thank you to you. Thank you to your families and your friends who supported you. And thank you to the RCIA team, the RCIC team, who helped in that preparation. Thank you so much. Also want to say uh, thank you to the community of Mary Queen of Peace Parish for your faith, um, for your toleration <laughs> of, of this journey that we have been on together um, and, and for the, the care and support that you uh, offer one another. I want to say thank you to all of the ministers, the ministry leaders, um, the clergy, and I want to say thank you to our guest musicians, to Bill, to our choir, to our cantor. So many times you move me. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. In prayer and in celebration. Um, so for the conclusion of our liturgy, just briefly before we end this evening, we stand and pray. Uh, for the recessional, um, the ministers will recess out, but the RCIA members, the, 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 new, the new full Catholics, right? They're going to remain here in the sanctuary. If you'd like to come forward to greet them, uh, to just, you know, uh, say, say, just get to know them a little bit for just a few moments. I know they're tired too on their way out. Um, but it, just, just to share a little bit in the community uh, of their newness and to welcome them. They'll be staying right here in the front of the sanctuary so you can come say hello to them and congratulate them. Let us stand and let us pray. Pour out on us, Lord, the spirit of your love and in your kindness make those you've nourished by this Paschal Sacrament one in mind of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Bow down for the blessing. Please respond with an amen. May Almighty God bless you through today's Easter solemnity and his compassion defend you from every evil. Amen. amen. May he who restores you to eternal life and life in the resurrection of his only begotten endow you with the prize of immortality. Amen. And now that the days of the Lord's passion have drawn to a close, may we who celebrate with gladness the Paschal Feast come with Christ's help to the to exalting in the spirit in whose feast we celebrate in eternal joy. Amen. And may the blessings of Almighty God be upon all of us gathered here in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, alleluia, alleluia. Our closing hymn is number 540, Jesus Christ is Risen Today.